You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. It is, but it is how the, the kingdom advances. We're in a building that was advanced by vision builders, by vision builders. I love, I love the house of God. The house of God is so amazing. Um, it is a place where you can come, you can be broken, busted up. You can be like the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the son or the daughter that was the prodigal son or daughter that just kind of left, took their inheritance. And that was kind of like, that was kind of like me coming into the house, not having a dream or, or a desire or knowing w- which way was up. But the house of God puts pieces back together, heals us, restores us, gives us life, gives us great people to do life with. I love it. It's so, it's so amazing. Well, I wanted to quickly give you a summary of Awakened Church. So in 2005, we started Awakened Church, or it was started. We, I guess Kat and I met Pastor Juergen um, by um, Kingdom Happenstance. We were uh, here in San Diego for one year for school, and I had a good friend I was stationed with, and he said, I just heard the most incredible Australian preacher at my church. He is so amazing. And uh, after service, I ran up and got his phone number just for you. Just for you. <laughs> Anyone just give you a number like, hey, call this number? It's like, what am I supposed to do with this thing? He goes, call it. Okay, when I call it, what do I say? He says, just start talking. It was so amazing. <laughs> You ever leave one of those really long and awkward voice messages? So I've um, got your number from my friend. Um, yeah, he said you're a really good guy, and um, we haven't met, um, but I hear you're cool. And you're coming to San Diego, right? And uh, the longest awkward, and he called me back. So I'm like, oh, my goodness, he must be a man of God. He called me back. But it was so amazing. So that was in, that was in 2005. But we started, Awaken Church got started in a banquet room in Del Mar Marriott Hotel. Anyone know of it? Oh, my goodness. Peter Tirada was there. Yes, sir. It was, it was amazing. 15 years ago, our second service was double booked. I think it was a bar mitzvah. <laughs> and we showed up not as early as they did, so they got the space. So Pastor Jurgen's like, what do we do? He's like, I know. Let's have it in the parking lot. So the hotel said, what do you need? We're like, we need chairs. We need shade. Give us some water and coffee. Like, done. Our second service was in the parking lot. From there, we went into an elementary basketball court, then a boys and girls club. Then we bought this location because San Diego didn't realize that the kingdom of God was coming and we wanted to buy buildings. So the city of San Diego was trying to shut that down. So we expanded here in Bresci. Over the years, over the 15 years, I don't know the exact number, but I would, I would estimate we must have had in the millions in attendance with all the services, all the, the musicals, the conferences, millions. Isn't that interesting to think? We are one of millions. And it came from the Lord talking to Pastor Jurgen Leanne. Hey, would you and your family go to San Diego? There are millions waiting to experience. Isn't that amazing? 
I just wanted to paint that picture so you, so you knew where we came from. So you didn't think like, oh, I just went to Pizza Port and I saw you guys here. And figured you guys have been here forever, and the, the, the city just gives you buildings. The city just gives you land. They actually set up a meeting once a year with us. What, what's the, what's, what landmarks do you want? No, every territory. We have to go to prayer. That we have to, we have to go to the Father to take territory. Because the devil doesn't want any ground given to us. There's so many things he doesn't want to give us, but I wanted to just kind of paint that picture as we're talking about vision builders this morning. But I, I would say that vision builders is for you and I. Don't, don't, let it, don't let the devil say, no, vision builders isn't for you. Not for you and your family. You haven't been here long enough. You just got here. You're still kind of working out some of the things, your walk with Christ. Don't, don't believe and, and sow your life into vision builders. Don't listen to that voice. Don't listen to that voice. I'm telling you what, when Kat and I came here, it was a miracle. It was a miracle that we came to San Diego. It was a miracle that we could stay in San Diego. Because everyone, in, at least in the military side, was saying, you can't stay in San Diego. There's no, there's no orders for you in San Diego. You have to go. After this year, you have to go. Now tell us where you want to go. And we said, San Diego, San Diego, San Diego. And they said, are you guys not listening? We're like, no, are you not listening? We're telling our father, San Diego, San Diego, San Diego. <laughs> Listen, in 2006, we said, we had such a heart. We said, you know, you know, how awesome would it be if we could retire here in San Diego, build the church, help Pastor Jurgen Leanne and the team, and be a part of what we're doing here what, what would it be like? I wonder if we could. It was honestly like our first step of faith. Like, what do we have to lose? I mean, what else, if we don't do that, what else are we gonna do? And sure enough, the orders came out. And the reason they were saying there's never orders for San Diego because no one ever leaves. And we're like, Father, someone needs to leave. Someone needs to leave so the Sullivans can stay. Someone needs to leave. So when Kat submitted her, her dream sheet, they said, go back to class. We're, that's ridiculous. And then about a month or so comes back, and here's a list of all the orders. At the bottom, San Diego, one spot. And they're like, who do we offer it to? They said the honor grad, the one that outperformed everybody in the test and the performance and everything else. And they brought it to him. He says, I freaking hate San Diego. Get me the hell out of here. And they said, well, who do we give it to? Hey, remember that crazy woman that said, San Diego, San Diego, San Diego? We said, hey, we'll take it. Look, I shouldn't say this, but we almost don't care how we get it. If it's coming from the Father, we don't care how we get it. Come on. Hey, the title of my message this morning is Build a Vision with Love Over Duty. Hey, I want to read a passage to you about... King David and how he was building the vision of God. But he had, he had to pivot because he started off building out of duty, but realized he needed to switch to love. Here's how it is. King Saul passes away. King David is ruling and he's taking territory. He's defeating the enemy. He's expanding his rule and reign. But he realizes there's something missing. He says, wait a minute, I was anointed. I was anointed to be a king 
and it was the presence of God that came over me. You remember that picture? Because the prophet goes to Jesse's house, and he goes, hey, I want to see all your, all your sons. Line them up here, because the Lord is going to anoint one of them. And all of them, in their stature, in their, in their approval, and in their accomplishments, are standing one after the other. And the prophet, is it Samuel? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I don't know why. It was the one, one cup of coffee, the most important. <laughs> Jesse and Samuel in the Bible. And at Bressy. Come on. Come on. The story, the story is going somewhere. It's not just for. But do you, do you, remember, what, you remember what the Holy Spirit said to Samuel? He says, man looks on the outward, but I look on the heart. And it's none of these that are standing before you. And so he's pacing back and forth. He's like, is it this one, Lord? Is it this one, Lord? It surely is this one. Is it this one? It's none of these. He's like, Jesse, where do you have any others? He goes, yeah, there's the, the youngest is in the field. But surely you would, have, you would have accepted one of these. He's like, no, go get them. As soon as, as soon as David walks into the house, he's like, yes, Papa. Yes, Papa, I'm here. And Samuel's there is like, that's it. The Holy Spirit has hit him. He's like, that is the king. That is the king. And quickly he anoints him. The reason I describe that scene for you is so you understand this scene. When, when David is ruling and taking territory, he says, something's missing in my life. I'm missing something, and I don't know what it is. He realizes it's the ark of God. I'm missing the presence of God in my life. In my city, I built this city called the city of David. And everyone in the world knows my name, King David. From the north to the south to multiple countries. If you said King David, they know his rule and reign. But there was something missing. So he goes to get the ark of the Lord. But this is how he does it. He says, okay, we're going to build this cart, and we're going to put it here on the cart, and we're going to lift it up, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring all my, my choice soldiers, just in case something happens. It's going to be 30,000 of them. They've, they were raised up in my house. We're going to go transport this ark and bring it back to our city. It's going to be amazing. And the two in the front are kind of guiding it, and one is on the side, and it starts to shift and he's concerned, so he's like, puts his hand out. And then the Lord gets angry because he's trying to control his presence. And he strikes him dead. I know you know the story, but I'm going into a detail because it's so interesting what King David was doing. Out of that response, he was so angry. He's like, God, I'm just trying to like reconnect with you. I just want you to be with me. And in, in King David's frustration, he goes, I can't even deal with this. I need to send it somewhere else. I'm not ready for this. So he sends it to a guy's house named Obed-Edom. And then Obed, Obed, I love it. He comes out of his house. He's like, wow, an Amazon delivery. I didn't know, I didn't know we, we ordered anything, honey. What is it? <laughs> Opens it up. Wow, this is amazing. Where do we put it? Put it in the living room. And the Bible says everything flourished in his in his house. He was prosperous. God bless Obed, Obed-Edom. It was, so, it was so amazing. But what I realized was, 
Duty is not bad. And I'm, I'm not here to say duty is bad. But duty is an obligation or responsibility. It's a task or an action someone is required to perform. And sometimes we can treat God like that. We can treat our relationship with God as a duty or a task. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. I'm not a duty or a task. I'm your heavenly father. Don't, don't think that this is how this should work. Because this isn't, this, isn't, this isn't the right way. This reminds me of a time in 2009. We're talking about vision builders. I thought, well, I should get a little bit vulnerable. And, um, you know, Kat and I were, um, Kat, Kat was uh, serving in the Navy, and I was working for a local business. And, um, you know, we were, we were growing and expanding. We were volunteering. We were, we were tithing. We were coming to church. Uh, ministry leaders. Uh, that was the year we had our little cocoa beans, Chloe, in April. And I remember Vision Builders came around about um, shortly after that. And I don't know what it was, but I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pledge $15,000 to give to Vision Builders, which was a huge amount for us. But I didn't, I didn't talk to Kat about it, and I didn't talk to the Lord about it. It was like I was just going to do it. I was just going to force it. And then after I, I did it, and I'm thinking to myself, Kat's not talking to me. And I'm praying to God, like, okay, God, I, I pledged this amount. How are you going to perform? He's like, I didn't give you that number. I didn't give you that. And I'm like, what the heck? Who can I write their name in place of mine on that pledge card? God showed me. He said, you know what? It's not about the number. It's about your heart. That I'm, I'm more interested in your heart than what you can give me. And I love that because when we give, it's meant to be out of our heart, not out of like duty of like, okay, Lord, here's yours. Here's, here's yours. But he wants a gracious, loving heart that gives. I love to say that at the end of that year, we had a $15,000 check come in the mail. And I fulfilled that pledge, but we didn't. And God had to work on my heart on, on, on building and being part of the kingdom of God without duty. Without duty first. Does that make sense? It's, it's so helpful. It's so helpful. Before you worry about me, um, <laughs> things have shifted. And I, and I would say that the thing that I, I really, I, ca I can't get over, that we are always doing exciting things here at Awakened Church. I mean, who does an epic marriage getaway in Palm Desert and over 500 people come? We booked out the hotel. As soon as we checked in, it was so funny. The, the guy that checked us in, he goes, oh my goodness, you guys are the happiest group of people in the world. I've never had a party like this. Like, what are, are you guys on drugs? It was just so funny. And he's like, I thought, I thought so-and-so was the happiest person, but I think you just beat them. I was like, oh, come on, thank you. It may have been like a, a sales approach or something, but... But I love that we're always doing things. Don't think that we're putting things on just to keep us busy. 
to keep us numb or, you know, keep coming back. It's to transform. It's to add health. It's to restore. So anytime you get an opportunity, when we're doing something like, you know what, let's try, let's try to free up finance. Let's just free our schedule. Let's see how we can do it because we want to, we want to go where the church is going. We don't want to sit on the backside. Have you ever been a part of a group where you're like, I'm with you, but I'm not with you? Like you couldn't tell I was with you, but I know that I'm here. Don't, don't be like that. Don't be like that. You will get fruit from your life if you, if you join us in what we do. You know, the second part, I, I basically labeled this part one and part two. This is the second act. This is the second act. Because King David, King David was, was a man that loved God. He, was, he loved God. He, he was incredible. He heard about all this incredible prosperity that Obed-Edom was getting. He's like, who is the new billionaire on the block? I thought I was the only one. Look at Obed. Who is this Obed? What is going on? You know what he realized? It's the presence of the Lord. Oh, my gosh. And then he gets a download from the Holy Spirit. You're like, oh, I did, I did it the wrong way. <laughs> Shoot, forgive me, Father. Forgive me, Lord. Okay, let's go, to e uh, let's go to Obed's house. Let's go to Obed's house. And the Bible says he goes in gladness. He goes in gladness. I think he went in gladness, just not because he wanted to exercise his authority. I, went, I think he went in gladness because he saw what he'd been lo longing for. He's like, there's the presence of God. Oh, my gosh. That's what I've been longing for. That's what I've been longing for. Each of us are going to be longing for the presence of God because we were all made in his image and likeness. Anytime you, it's so funny, if you miss a Sunday and you're like, I wonder, shoot, what's missing? I'm not, we're out of town. What's missing? Oh, it's church. It's worship. I miss, I miss being in the house of God. Don't be surprised. That's actually a healthy thing. That's a healthy thing. And it's good. It's good to go on vacation. It's good to go away. I'm not saying don't go on vacation. But that longing is a good thing. That's a healthy thing. This is what David did. This is what he did. So he said, okay, guys, we're doing this different. Like, I, I heard from the Lord we're going to do this thing different. This is not, this is not the King David show. This is, this is the King Jesus show. So we are, gonna, we are going to do this different. We're going, when we bring this ark, we are going to show our generosity, our honor, our love. So every six paces, we are going to sacrifice an oxen and a fatted sheep. Every six paces. Every six paces. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. What devotion. To lead that way, like, no, wait, 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 this is not my, this is not me leading. This is, this is God leading, and we're following with love. We're following with devotion. We're following. And you know what the Bible says, too, is that what David was wearing was a linen ephod. A linen ephod. So that's what they would wear to connect with God. That was like the religious garment, the prophetic garment. The ministers would wear that which I think is so interesting because you wouldn't normally see a king wear that. But David knew, like, wait, I have to take the armor off. I'm not taking territory. Like, God is not my enemy. I have to take this stuff off. I need to come into, 
intimacy with him. And I love that he put that on so he could be, Lord, what, what should I do? How can I get closer to you? Worshiping you, praising him, even, even thinking about him like, oh, I can't wait till you get, I can't wait till you come to the city. I can't wait to spend time with you. Gosh, can you picture that in your life? This next year, what's your next year look like? Is it surrounded by the presence of God? Is your day surrounded by the presence of God? It's such a great picture and such a great reminder. It's such a great reminder. You know what I realize is that there's, there's one, there's one that doesn't want me to be surrounded by God. Because anytime I am, there's bitterness, there's rage, there's hatred. That the devil doesn't want me to devote my life to God. You know, this reminds me of a time, well, it's a good reminder. When Kat and I got married, we were married in Guam, and um, we were just about to get saved. We're just kind of figuring things out, but we knew we wanted to get married, but we didn't really know how to get married. We were living in Guam. Kat was active duty still, and I had gotten out, and we had all of our friends that were married. They're like, oh, we'll help you. We'll help you. And uh, one of our friends says, I'll even get ordained online. We're like, okay, that's perfect. And she goes, and I'll even write your vows. We're like, okay, that's awesome. It's like, I don't even think we have to do anything. We'll just show up and get married. And they were great friends. This isn't, this isn't a, a slam on them. This is a slam on me. But I was, I was just thinking about, gosh, it was, it was so beautiful. There, there's my, my bride. She had no idea what she was in store for. <laughs> Thank God for him. But fast forward, we've always wanted, because we got married in Guam, to renew our vows. Almost kind of like in, in the middle of our marriage. And so in 2019 was our 15th year anniversary. Come on, you can applaud it. That's a good thing, right? Come on, come on. We need more, more long-lasting marriages. In Jesus' name. So we got to go to uh, Israel with the church. And it was such an amazing trip. Checking out all the scenes and the sights and hearing about the, the, uh, the stories from the Bible. And then being there. And, and Kat had this crazy idea. She goes, you know what? Our anniversary is in the middle of this trip. We should renew our vows. I'm like, that's a terrible idea. Like, how are we going to pull this thing off? And how much is it going to cost? And... I don't think it's a good idea. And who's going to be there, you know? I was just trying to, like, convince us not to do it. You know what it really was? I was just afraid. I'm like, am I, am I, really, am I, am I really ready to share my vows with you again? Not that I didn't want to. I just didn't know how to. And it was like God leading me to this place of go again. Don't lead, lead out of duty. Don't get married out of duty, but get, get married out of love. So it wasn't, it wasn't anything Kat did. It was, it was something that I hadn't done. And do you know what I had to do? I had to go to God. I'm like, help me. Give me the words. I love Kat. I love Kat. She is my best friend my beautiful bride, 
that I want, I want to live my, my entire life being married to her, but I don't know what to say in this moment. And uh, truthfully, I felt a little bit embarrassed about how we got married in the first round after years later. You know what he did? He didn't shame me. He didn't whip me. I didn't leave that, that moment feeling less of a husband. He said he gave me a great picture of his, of his daughter, and then he gave me another picture of the things that she loves. And he just gave me these different things that I, I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I started writing all these vows down. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, baby, I don't know if we should wait for the ceremony. We should do this right now in the foyer of the hotel. Come on. But it was so amazing. If you, if you may not know this about Pastor Kat, but not only is she spontaneous, but she is so good at execution. She is like, I don't even know what you'd call it, like spontaneous in execution. Sponsecution. Thank you, Kirk. I appreciate that. She's so good. So I'm like, okay, baby, what are we going to wear? She's like, we're going to the mall. We're going to pick this thing out. I know exactly what you're going to wear. I know what I'm going to wear. I already have the location picked out. You guys just get there on time. It was so amazing. We got, we got remarried on the second story of this hotel um, restaurant called the Notre Dame overlooking all of Jerusalem. In the evening, and there was an outside deck, and we showed up, and not all of our friends were there. I'm sorry, um, but um, some of our friends were there. But we, we show up, and I tried to use my charm to get what I wanted. It didn't work. <laughs> they saw right through it. I'm like, we're not really here for dinner. We're just hanging out with a whole bunch of our friends, and we're going to talk together. And then I'm going to kiss that, that wonderful woman. But I didn't want to call it a, a, like a, a ceremony because I didn't want to have to pay like whatever they would charge me. And they said, sorry, sir, that won't work. You can't do that. You reserve this table. That's what you have to have. Who loves Pastor Alex? Oh, uh, Pastor Alex Klott is, is like next to Jesus. He goes in and he says the same exact thing I said. And because he's Jewish, they're like, you can do whatever you want, my friend. I'm like, and the Holy Spirit said, Jesse, don't get mad. Just receive it. I'm like, I, I receive it. I receive it. Come on. It was the most epic. I think the team even might have a picture of it. Do you guys have it? Maybe not. Maybe not. Well, I'll show you in the foyer. It's awesome. But it was, so, it was so amazing. You know what I felt? I felt so loved. I felt so loved, and then I felt like I could share love to my beautiful bride. It wasn't, it wasn't fake. It wasn't forced. That I could, I, could actually, I could actually love. It was such a beautiful picture. The reason I share that is because I believe that's how we're meant to live here on earth. That's how we're meant to operate as the kingdom. And how this all ties into Vision Builders is Vision Builders isn't like a separate thing we do once a year. This is something that we constantly do. We expand the kingdom. We expand the kingdom. So that same picture of us going out outside of the church and we're singing the worship music, like I can't get that, that awesome song out of my head by Brandon Lake. That thing is awesome. I love that song and we're singing it. That is like us being transformed by the kingdom of God. It, it is so good. You know, Exodus 25 says this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses. Speak to the children of Israel that they will bring me an offering. 
from everyone who gives willingly. Say willingly. With his heart, you shall take my offering. How powerful is that? And it goes on to say, and let them make me a, a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. What a beautiful picture that the house of God is a place for us to dwell with, with God. Now we can continue to dwell with God outside of the house of God, but it is a place for us to come and bring our offerings to advance the kingdom. You know, Kat and I have found, and it's, it's taking probably longer than it would take a normal person, but it's taken me longer to understand. <laughs> this, this scripture, Luke 6.38, given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shake it together, running over, will it be put in your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be used back to you. And I thought, oh my goodness, vision builders. Anytime we give to vision builders, anytime we sow into vision builders, we're reaping vision builders. Ideas, advancements, favor and blessing, joy and peace. It's not all financial. It's not all like transactional, but there's just like a goodness of God that just rests on us. I'm like, I don't, I don't think we can really afford not to do vision builders, Kat. I don't think we can actually, after, after tasting the goodness of God, how can we go back? After living a great life, how could we go back to the force, the fake, the, the trying in our own effort? You may be in this place and you're like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like for us. I'm not, I'm not saying give like everybody else, like the same number or any of that. Next week, we're going to get a chance to, to give to Vision Builders. And what I, would, what I would encourage each of you to do is ask God, what does that look like for our lives? What, what, could we, what could we do? What could we commit? What do you want us to commit to Vision Builders? If this is your house, then we need to be here, and we want to be a part of it. You know, how can we make an impact what, what, what's it going to look like in the next 15 years? Isn't that a wild thought? If millions have come through in 15, what's going to happen in the next 15? What's going to happen with like 16 plus campuses? When Pastor Jurgen and the team are like, you know what? We're going, we're going to Europe or we're going to another country. Like who knows how to speak such and such? Like, oh my goodness. How amazing is that? But don't, I would, my, my one piece of advice is don't overlook yourself. Don't think, that's probably good for everyone else, but I don't want to participate. Or don't do something out of your own strength. Be like, like I did. Don't do what Jesse did. <laughs> Let me just write this number to impress God. But I have no idea how it's going to work. But Vision Builders is such, such a privilege that we can say, oh my goodness, look at what, our life has been blessed. I mean, they didn't give me enough time to tell you all the blessings that we've had. Own houses, we've gone and done amazing things. We've got two beautiful kids. Kat loves to surf. She's like our passion in life next to being married to me. Loves to surf and... 
there's just so many things. And the goodness, the things that we get to do, the friendships that we get to keep and the friendships that we get to make. It is amazing. We have so many friends. It's just so amazing. Like, I would say authentic friends. And I'm like, oh my goodness, we look at it. It's just so incredible. Let me, let me pray for you. Would, you. would you just bow your head as they shut the lights off? <laughs> let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your plans, your purposes, your goodness over your sons and daughters. I thank you for what you have to release to them. I thank you for what we get to do, just like King David, to prioritize your house and your presence over our own. I thank you that the dreams that you've given each and every person here are unique for them, custom-made, tailor-made for them, that you're for them. Regardless, regardless of their past, regardless of even if they contributed to their past, that your grace is new every day. We receive your grace right now, right now, right now, by the sound of my voice. We receive your grace right now. We command the enemy to stop talking. We thank you that you are touching every person's heart. I had a word in the beginning of the year that millionaires and billionaires were going to be raised up in Bressy Ranch. And it is easy, it is easy to get excited about that because you're like, come on, I want that to be me. But what I love about it is it is, it is like confirmation of his goodness that he wants you to prosper in all things, to be fruitful, to flourish, to have the best marriages, the most epic families, to increase, to multiply, to operate in peace and joy, to dream, to love, to create, to build. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're resting on each of your sons and daughters here. I thank you for your goodness this year, that you would just speak to them about how could they build your house with you? How can they follow you with love? I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.